And now I am known as Tater Man all over the world. I have been known as Tater Man in Australia and Africa. Now I'm, I'm in Hungary and Ukraine and ain't no telling where else at, amen? But uh, I do thank the Lord for, for your prayers and your support during this time. Uh, many of you have asked about my health and and uh, it's starting to come back slowly, but surely I thank the Lord for that. As a matter of fact, uh, I wouldn't have been able to travel if it's, you know, uh, gotten any worse. So I do thank God I'm able to get back at it. Amen. I've really missed ministering to God's people. I've really missed witnessing and winning souls to Christ. That's what it's all about. And uh, I'm gonna, we're going to try to work on a new prayer card here before the next month or so. And so you guys will be getting some of those. And, and I've come up with a slogan for, the, for my ministry or it's, I don't even like saying my ministry, it's God's ministry. He's just, he just let me work alongside of him, amen? It's not, that we, it's not that we work for God, it's that we work with God. That's an opportunity, amen? I do thank the Lord for that. But uh, the slogan is to see souls saved and saints stirred for the glory of God. And that's, that's what it's all about, to be an encouragement to God's people and to see the souls get saved. And uh, I do appreciate what the Lord has done this year. Uh, since my surgery, as far as I know, I'm cancer-free, and I thank God for that. And uh, it was this time last year that I got sick when I got back from Ghana and almost died from all that infection and salmonella and, and uh, bacterial infection and intestinal colitis. But uh, God saw, he said, I'm not ready for you yet, boy. Amen. And I thank the Lord for that. And that's when they had discovered I had cancer. But uh, all of it's gone, and, and I, as far as I know, I thank God for that. And so uh, since the beginning of the year, of January this year, we've seen over 140-some souls saved to the glory of God. And uh, you are part of that, Victory Way Baptist Church. You are part of that because you pray for us and you support us monthly. And I do thank God for your prayers and I thank God for your support. There's no telling how many other souls are saved because you have a part of this ministry that God has called the Terrell family into. And now it's just me and Miss Tammy in the ministry. Hunter has his own ministry now. He's been preaching almost two years, and, and uh, thank the Lord, he's got his dream fulfilled now. You see, what is it? He is now working for the railroad. I mean, if you know how crazy he has been over trains, and two weeks ago, they called him and hired him on the railroad. He's a brakeman now, and we thank the Lord for that, and uh, he's working his way up to being an engineer, and he started working for them. He has to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning and go go to work, and I think he gets off around two uh, every day, and so uh, that's, that's Hunter, and he's uh, preaching tonight, actually. Hunter's preaching tonight at, at our home church to the youth there, at our home church there in Elkin, North Carolina, and then my daughter, Cheyenne, today is her birthday. She's 21 years old today, and I cannot believe she's already 21. Makes me feel old, amen? Makes me feel old. It's bad when, when Brother Danny's got more hair than I do, and he's older than I am. And I, you can tell him I said that, see, I say, man, he's not in here right now, but uh, I feel like, I feel a little bit old tonight, but uh, I do appreciate, uh, I appreciate what the Lord's doing through my daughter. Uh, she is graduating from college. Uh, in two weeks, she'll have her forensic science degree, and she's going to go to work for the criminal justice system. So I guess I better pay attention, amen, and behave. I already got Miss FBI back there, my wife. She tries to make me behave. No, she ain't doesn't doing no good with it. But anyhow, oh, here comes Brother Danny. You talk about him, he shows up. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do thank the Lord how God has blessed my children. I do appreciate that. 
Um, let me tell you a little bit about my trip. I, like I said, I got in from Hungary and Ukraine on Monday, and uh, what I did was I went over there to see what God will do with the school ministry. As you all know now, the school ministry has grown rapidly and around the world. Uh, we're well established now, and uh, it was about 10 countries before COVID, but now we're down to five countries because of COVID. But uh, I believe the Lord's going to open up some places there in Hungary, around the Budapest area, around the gypsy community there, and uh, I, I praise the Lord for that. Uh, just help us pray for that, if you would, please. There's over a thousand students that can be reached between two churches there in uh, the country of Hungary. And then uh, while we was there, we went over to visit the Ukraine, and uh, we went to visit one of the pastors to try to be a help and a blessing and an encouragement to him. And while we was there, we got to meet some of the refugees uh, that fled the war. And uh, I tell you, we got something to praise God for here in America. Some of the stories that I could tell you just breaks my heart to even think about it. I was talking to a young lady. I got a picture of, a picture of us together. Uh, I was cutting up with her because she was, you know, a little discouraged and things. And so I, she's out there swinging. So I went out there and tried to swing with her. Amen. Can you imagine me <laughs> on a swing? But here's what she said. She said, I want to go to college, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to. I don't know what my future holds because of the war. And it just broke my heart. And then I talked to another man. He said this. He said, well, he was talking in the, in the uh, Hungarian language, in the Ukrainian language, rather, and I was using an interpreter. He said, when the war started, me and my, it was, he was actually in church. He was a pastor. He said, all we could do was run in the basement and hide. And he could hear the Russians upstairs walking back and forth inside the church. He heard them leave, and then all of a sudden, he and the congregation fled out of the church, and some of them jumped in his car, and they just started, you know, booking it down the road in a car, and then all of a sudden, a bomb hit, and almost destroyed the car, and they escaped that. And here we are. We're so blessed in America. We don't have to worry about anything like that. Not yet. And, I, and young man, you got it right. We got so much to praise God for. We really do. And so if you guys would, just help me pray for them. God knows who they are. I'm not going to call names because I, I, I th we're probably uh, on live stream. But God knows exactly who they are. He knows where they're at. He knows where you're at. He knows who we are, what we're all going through. And so help me pray for, for them precious people over there. Help us pray that we can get the schoolwork established there in, in Hungary. Because uh, right now we're not able to do anything in the Ukraine because of the uh, war that's going on. And I do help us pray for those people, if you would, please. Let's look at the book of Ephesians tonight, chapter number 3. The book of Ephesians in chapter number 3 tonight. I won't keep you too long. I'll try not to. I know every time a Baptist preacher says that, you know what's happening. Amen? You know what's coming. I'm going to try to be a man of my word tonight, and uh, I want to preach from Ephesians 3. Let's look in the last two verses of this chapter, which is chapter number 20, or verse number 20, and verse number 21. Ephesians 3, verse number 20, the Apostle Paul says, 
Now unto him that is able to do it, seeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And he ends this chapter by saying, Amen. I love that word, Amen. Amen is almost a forgotten word in the churches that we go in today, but it's still the most pre- one of the most precious words that you'll ever read in the Word of God. And I'm not preaching on the word Amen tonight. I've got a message on the word Amen, but it's a different time for that. But tonight I want to look at these verses of Scripture I just read in your hearing, because up to this point, the book of Ephesians has been one long theological exaltation. Uh, the Apostle Paul has emptied the contents of his soul as he has revealed mysteries that were hidden from the foundation of the world. The first three chapters of the book of Ephesians are a theological gold mine, if you will. As a matter of fact, after these great outpours of truths, we will find that Paul concludes this chapter by giving the voice of praise that dwells in his heart. And that's why I said tonight, I'm so glad and thank God that this young man began to praise God and it just kind of like a, a, a domino effect, like a, like a breath of fresh air came on this side because I heard many of you talk about praising God as well. And friend, we've got a lot to praise God for this evening. And so the Apostle Paul, he concludes uh, chapter number 3 with the voice of praise that dwells in his heart. Uh, As Paul writes the words of this great book, uh, he is overwhelmed by the truths he's been uh, the privilege to learn. And so after he prays for the Ephesian church and Ephesian saints, he lifts his voice in praise to the one who made all this possible. And friend of mine, without God, we are nothing. Without God, I am nothing. But with God, I am everything in Jesus Christ. And these last two verses of this chapter are what we would like to call a doxology. You see, the word doxology comes from the Greek words doxa and logos. The word doxa refers to the kingly majesty which belongs to God as supreme ruler. He is the majesty in the sense of God's absolute perfection of deity. And let me say this right now. God is perfect. God is perfect. God is perfect. God is good. Amen. I heard somebody else say that a moment ago. God is good. And let me say this. uh, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Uh, He is perfection. He is perfect in every way. As for God, His ways are perfect. And this doxology talks about it refers to the word dox refers to the kingly majesty which belongs to God and he is the supreme ruler. There's never been anybody that can outvote him. There's never been anybody that can impeach him. There's never been anybody that can take him off the throne. The last one that tried to take God off his throne got kicked out of heaven. Amen. That's a dirty rotten cross-sided devil. You see pride tried to get the pride got the devil kicked out of heaven. What is pride going to do for you and I? Amen. My friend, I'm telling you right now, I thank God that we can serve the supreme ruler of the entire world, the entire universe. His name is Almighty God. And the the word doxa refers to the kingly majesty, the supreme ruler, the majesty in the sense of God's perfect uh, deity. 
It speaks of splendor. It speaks of brightness. It speaks of magnificence. It speaks of excellence. It speaks of preeminence. It speaks of dignity. It speaks of God's grace. And it speaks of God's majesty. Thank God, Brother Danny. I'm glad that I can serve His Majesty the King. Amen. Not King Charles, but the Almighty God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Then we come to the word... Also, we find that the word doxa is translated to glory in the New Testament. Then we come to the word logos, which means collection. Remember, doxology, doxa and logos. The word logos means collection. It is often translated word in the New Testament because it speaks of the process of collecting thoughts in the mind and then expressing those thoughts through the words. You say, Brother Walter, I cannot express what's on my mind. Let me tell you, friend, yes, you can. Have you ever gotten to the point in your life where you said, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind? You let somebody do you wrong, amen? Then you want to, then you, those words will come out of your mind, amen? As a man thinketh in his heart, uh, uh, so is he. Uh, Whatsoever is in the heart will come out of the mouth. And so, let me, let, me, let me try a little exercise right here, right now, if you would. Think about something. Think about something right now. Sooner or later, whatever you think about is going to come out. That's how you express it, amen? And that's what Paul's doing. The word logos is collections. The word doxa, he's thinking about all the majesty, all the glory, and all the preeminence, and all the magnificence, and all the, the uh, uh, perfection of God. And now the logos is coming in. And Paul's getting ready to praise Almighty God. You see, you can't have so much joy in your heart where you cannot praise God. You got enough joy in your heart about Almighty God, it's going to come out one way or the other. It might come out through words of praise, it might come out through tears out of the eyes, but friendly mind, let me say this uh, when you experience the joys of God, it's going to come out some way, somehow. As a matter of fact, let me say it this way when I was over in the Ukraine, those pastors and those refugees, you know what they were doing? They were praising God, even in the midst of a war. And friend of mine, let me say this tonight uh, if they can do it, uh, here we are in America, we're not in war yet. And yet, a lot of us still tend not to praise him who is altogether lovely. Shame on me for not praising God like I should. Shame on us for not praising God as we should. Well, that's another message another time. We find here that it is often translated word. It means a collection of thoughts in the mind that expresses the thoughts through words. And thus, the doxology is born, and it means a word of glory. It's simply a statement of praise that honors the Lord's majesty that ascribes glory to him, that exalts him. In other words, when it comes down to it in good old North Carolina, Virginia language, it's a word of praise. That's what it is. And this is exactly what Paul does in these two verses. So tonight, let's go on a journey now. Let's meet up with the Apostle Paul. Tonight, uh, let's see what Paul has to say. Tonight, I want to borrow you very few words from the Apostle Paul. Look with me in verse number 20, where it says, Now unto him. Look at verse 21, where it says, Unto him. Two times right there, the Apostle Paul, he says, Unto him, 
unto him, not unto me, not unto the church, not unto you, not unto the world, but thank God the Apostle Paul, he said it twice, he said unto him. And so tonight with the help of the Lord, I want to look at these statements as they exhaust as they exalt the majesty of our glorious God, and they teach even more about who you and I are and what we have in Jesus Christ. Tonight I want to talk about the message, unto him. Let's look at the words, unto him. Brother Danny, would you take us to the Lord in prayer, please, sir? Amen. Thank you, preacher, for that. Unto him, the apostle Paul said it twice. It's often been said, when you read about something in the Bible, you should pay attention to it. But when it's mentioned more than one time, you should definitely pay attention to it. Amen? It's kind of like this, uh, like what my grandma used to say. She said, Walter, there's a reason God gave you two ears and one mouth. <laughs> Amen? It is. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think I just told that to somebody. Matter of fact, I told it to uh, one of my friends over in Hungary, amen, I did. I, we was picking around, and, and matter of fact, the colleague that went with me, he, it's, it was very interesting, Brother Danny. Here's why. Because we had Hungarians, we had gypsies, we had Russians, we had Ukrainians, we had um, uh, uh, Dutch, we had Polish, then you had a backwards Native American right in the midst of them all. And we was all having a good time of fellowship with one another. You see, that's just how amazing God is. Isn't it amazing that God can bring us all together from all around the world? And I told him this. Uh, I told him, I said, you know, as I was growing up, uh, I always had a sister I'd never met. And when, my, when uh, Zechariah died 22 years ago, our first son, I met my sister for the first time. And I told him this. I said, you know, when I got saved by the grace of God, I found out I've got brothers and sisters that I've never met in the Lord. And here I am now in Hungary. Here I am now in Ukraine. I'm standing before my brothers and sisters in Christ that I've never met. That's what God does. Amen. Oh, praise unto Him. Praise unto Him. Amen. Well, look at this with me for just a moment. In verse number 20, we find there's a statement about God's greatness. In the, in the previous verses of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul has spent considerable time describing the happy condition of the church. He reminds us that we are not an accident, but we are saved because of the deliberating planning and action of Almighty God. Hey, friend of mine, did you know that God sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on Him should not perish, uh, but have everlasting life? Uh, and therefore, my friend, uh, we're saved by the grace of God. Anybody who believes on Him and accepts him shall be saved. And that's the greatness of God here. We find that uh, in the greatness of God, first of all, we find the greatness of his ability. The greatness of his ability. While you and I are unable to do any of the things that Paul mentions on our own, 
God is able, amen. God is able. Let me say that he is able. The word able simply means to be capable and strong and powerful. You know the Bible says, now unto him that is able. Unto him that is able. In verse uh, number 20, the word able, like I said, means to be strong, capable, and powerful. Our God is a God who possesses all power in heaven and in earth. Thank God when you're saved, aren't you glad that you, are so, you serve the one who's got all the power and all the glory in all of heaven and earth. I can do nothing outside of him, Brother Hunter. I can do nothing outside of God. It's only by the grace of God that I flew across the waters to go to Hungary. It's only by the grace and the power of Almighty God I was able to go to the Ukraine for just a little while and stay safe. Because the year, the, the, the year that the war started, a missile had landed 25 miles from where I was staying at. And when I found that out, I got a little nervous. Hey, man, I'm going to be honest with you. They didn't tell me that until I got there. <laughs> they didn't tell me nothing about it until I got there. But you know what? I'm safer in the will of God over there than I would be out of the will of God over here. Come on now. The safest place in the world for a child of God is to be right in the will of God. The greatness of his ability, God is able. It means to be capable and strong and powerful. Our God is a God who possesses all power in heaven and earth. Our God is a God of creation. The Bible says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by all things... Uh, and by him all things consist. He is the God of creation. I didn't come from no monkey, neither did you. Some people may look like they came from a monkey, but, <laughs> but we didn't, amen. We didn't come from no monkey. We didn't come from a big bang. This world didn't start with a bang, but honey's going to end with one. He's going to make all things new someday. Amen? He will. You read about that in the book of Revelation. New heaven and a new earth. He is a God of creation. He is a God of the revelation. The Bible says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Amen? God is a God of revelation. He's only going to let you know what he wants you to know. If God let us know everything that he knows, we couldn't tote this Bible in our hand. He gave us enough, Brother Hunter, to know what we know to make it through this world. Amen. And thank God when we all get to heaven, we who are saved by the grace of God, all we're going to want to know is him. Amen. We know him now in the spiritual sense, but thank God one of these days, hallelujah, when we come face to face. Amen. Thank God when we come face to face, all we're going to want to know is him. Amen. I preached in the Ukraine on the subject when we all get to heaven. And I asked them, what is heaven going to be like? I mean, we talk about it, but have you ever really sat down and thought about it? What is going to happen when we all get to heaven? Well, we're going to, number one, we're going to examine the scenery. And all we're going to want to examine is Him. Number two, when we all get to heaven, we're going to enjoy the sounds. You know, you ever thought about what heaven sounds like? I mean, how beautiful heaven must sound, amen? 
How beautiful heaven's going to be. How beautiful it must sound. We try to sing down here, but thank God, I'm going to sing over there. Amen? Whether you like it or not, I'm going to sing. And I'm going to sing pretty, like Tammy does. Amen? I'm going to sing better than her. What is heaven going to be like? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you ever thought about it? I mean, you think about this. We're going to examine the scenery. We're going to examine him. We're going to enjoy the sounds. We're going to hear the angels sing a song that we've never, that they've never sung before. We're going to hear us sing a song, but thank God we're also going to hear ourselves worshiping him. You know why? Because we all get to heaven, we're also going to exalt the Savior. For all that he's done, for being such a great, magnificent, all powerful God. And when I got done preaching, you know what I told him? I said, I just preached to you an outline that I preached in a funeral. <laughs> I did. They, they got a kick out of that. It was at Tammy's uncle. I, I said, uh, I preached, uh, I preached her, his funeral. And I said, what did he see when he got to heaven? And that was what I said. And uh, they, they got a kick out of that. But you know, that's what we're all going to do when we all get to heaven. And he's a God of revelation. And Paul said, uh, Paul said, unto him he is able. And thank God we're going to be able to see him face to face. The greatness of his ability. He's able because of creation. He's able because of revelation. Our God is the God of salvation. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, I could not get saved on my own. I am not saved by my own works. But thank God, because of him, I'm saved by the grace of God he's the God of salvation our God is the God of resurrection he said I am he that liveth and was dead I like the way Jesus said it right there was dead was dead because you see, had he not risen again, there would be no hope of salvation because you cannot have salvation without the resurrection Jesus said in Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And then he says, and have the keys of hell and of death. Do you know right now, the devil's only one that don't even have the keys of his own house? Huh? Because Jesus, hallelujah, because Jesus has the keys of hell. He has the keys of death. And thank God, he's in control of it. Amen. Hmm. I'm telling you, friend, unto him belongs all power and all glory and all praise because he's able. He's the God of resurrection. He's the God of manifestation. The Bible says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched thy arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. Jeremiah said, There's nothing too hard for God. Nothing's impossible for God. If God did it yesterday, He could do it again today. He'll do it again tomorrow. He is God. He is able. He is able. We see the greatness of His ability. We see the greatness of His abundance. Paul says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Look at the phrase. The Bible says the phrase exceeding abundantly above that has the idea of going above and beyond of going above and beyond you see god's ability exceeds the lengths to which our minds can think 
You ever thought about that? Or as Grandma used to say, how about them apples? I mean, God's ability reaches farther than my, our minds can comprehend or think. Think about this. How many of you ever go to the beach? It's okay to say beach, amen. Oh, I know, most people say we go to the coast if you're a Christian. And I've heard preachers say, well, Christians don't go to the beach, they go to the coast. Uh, I don't care what you call it, amen. It's still water and it's still sand, and I hate sand. I can take it for about three days, Brother Hunter, I'm done with it. Because it gets everywhere. Sand in the car, sand in your shoes, sand in your hair if you died any, Brother Danny. Sand in your beard, amen. Brother, my beard was as long as yours until this morning. I had to chop it off some. Uh, but, uh, 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 I mean, you, you go to the coast, you go to the beach. You ever notice the waves that water it come in? Do they come in all the way? No. They come in so far that all of a sudden they go back. They come in a little bit farther, then they go back. But they never go any farther than the shoreline. In other words... They never go farther than the mighty hand of God will let it. How about that? Those apples, amen? Yeah. I mean, friend of mine, the greatness of his ability, the greatness of his abundance. You see, God is able exceedingly above, has the idea of going above and beyond. Only God can let things go as far as he wants them to, Amen. His ability goes beyond our limitations of what we can ask. Verse number 20 is a pyramid of praising, uh, uh, is a pyramid of praise declaring God's ability. You see, verse number 20 says, He is able. There's a foundation. There's the foundation of the pyramid. He is able. And then the Bible says, He's able to do it seating abundantly. There's a second part of the pyramid. Then he says, he is able to do it seemingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think. There's a third part of the pyramid. Then the Bible says, he is able to do it seemingly, abundantly, above all that we ask. Then the, then the point comes, think. There's your pyramid. Think about that. Look at it. It's a foundation starts with he is able. And then it just builds up from there. Amen. And so it's like this. There is no question in the minds of the child of God that God is able, but far too many of us fail to enjoy the privilege of seeing Him do that in our lives because we fail to follow the pattern for living mentioned in those verses when we are walking in His power, when we are walking in His love, and we are walking in the fullness of God, we are able to tap in into the awesome power of Almighty God in our lives when we are walking in Him and His love. He's, he, he works in us and through us to accomplish great things for His honor and His glory. He is able, and Paul said, under Him, under Him, because He is able. Our duty. In other words, it does not fall to us to make the Christian life happen. Our duty is to yield to Him. And when we do yield to Him, His power transcends our weakness and enables us to live for the Lord and accomplish great things for Almighty God. 
Thank God, let me say, there is no limit to his power. He can move mountains. He can change lives. He can lift burdens. He can meet deeds. He can change the lives of substandard saints and transform them into vessels of honor for his glory. And that's just a small glimpse of how great our Lord is because under him is his greatness. Secondly, tonight, we find a statement about God's grace in Middle part of verse number 20. Now unto him that is able to do it seeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The grace of God is the ground of our salvation. Because the Lord extended his grace toward us, he loved us. He put us in his eternal plan. He sent his son to die for us on the cross. He sent the gospel message to us. He sent the spirit of God to convict us. He saved us when we called upon his name for salvation. His grace continues to sustain us day by day and moment by moment. In 2 Corinthians chapter number um, 12, verse number 9, I'm going to read this to you real quickly. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, here's what the Bible says. Uh, the Word of God says this. Uh, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Thank God he is able because God's grace is sufficient. The grace of God also works in our lives to help us accomplish His will in the world. It took some grace for me to hop on a plane a uh, week before last. It took some grace for me to fly over the Atlantic again because, brother, I'm, brother Tony, right? Brother Tony, it got in my mind, what if I come back and get sick again? I am not going to a third world country, not in Hungary. Ukraine's not really a third world country. But what if I go around and catch some cooties? What if I go around and catch something that's going to make me sick again? But that went through my mind. I mean, it messed with me bad. But you know what? I had to give it all to Him. I had to give it all to God. And I gave it all to God, and thank God, you know what? His grace empowered me to go. It was because of His grace that I got on that plane. It's because of His grace that I flew over the water. It's because of His grace that I landed in another foreign country. It's because of His grace I got to stand and preach the Word of God to refugees from all walks of life. We had one person saved out of the whole trip, and that one was worth it all. Amen? I remember that happened to me back in 2016. I went on the other side of the world. I went to Sydney and Melbourne, Australia. It was a survey trip, just like this was. A survey trip. It wasn't an evangelistical campaign. It was more of a survey trip to see what could be done. Went all the way to Sydney, Australia, 30 plus hours in flight. Saw one soul saved. Guess what? Worth it all. Worth it all. His grace empowers us. 
The grace of God works in us to do His will. Paul gives us some insights into the way the grace of God works in our lives. His grace empowers as Paul said. He's, uh, Jesus said in Acts 1.8, uh, He said, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Thank God. Brother, witness to them on that soccer field. Amen. <laughs> they say over in Europe, we don't have football. Soccer is their football. And uh, I never thought about this before, Brother Hunter, but they're right. Why do we call it football when we use our hands to play football? Soccer's real football because you got to constantly do that, right? Constantly kick and maybe do a headbutt on a ball or something. Huh? I never played soccer, so I don't know. We tried to get Cheyenne to play it when she was little. She tried practice two times and she was done. She embarrassed the fire out of me on the soccer field one day. When Cheyenne was smaller, her hair was, I mean, was still straight and it was jet black. And she come up, she, it was, we was on the soccer field, I was at her practice, and she just, she just had enough. The rest of the team was practicing, she come over and said, Daddy, Daddy. I said, what, Cheyenne? She does this. I'm so tired. I mean, couldn't even see her face look like Cousin Nick coming across that soccer field. I told Tammy that night, I said, she's done, amen. But friend, I don't even know where I was going with that, but it's good for your blood pressure, amen. I, I done forgot. Yeah, witnesses. Being a witness anywhere you go. On the soccer field, brother, I pray, I'm praying for you, I promise, I'll be praying for you. As I was, it took the grace of God for me to fly back over the Atlantic Ocean from Amsterdam to Atlanta, here's why. Because beside of me, I had a wino sitting with me. I bet that dude dropped five bottles of wine. And me being a former alcoholic, I was going in details, you know. It was making me sick, honestly. Every time he talked, boy, about blew Beard off. I started to say my hair, but I ain't got none. But you know what happened? I got a witness in with them. I'm not bragging on Brother Walter. I'm not bragging on Tater Man. Because within my flesh, I didn't want to have nothing to do with them. But the Holy Ghost jerked it down on my head and said, witness to him. Now I was wrestling with about that. I said, I don't want to. I just want to sleep, Lord. I'm tired. I'm ill. I'm upset. I, I'm, I don't, I, I'm ready to go home and see Mama. I'm ready to go home and see my babies. I just want to get there. I don't want to be touched. I want to be left alone. But God wouldn't leave me alone. And so you know what happened? The dude that was drinking all that wine, he started asking me, what do you do for a living? I said, thank you, Lord. That made it easy, Amen. It made it easy. I got to tell him, he said, well, I'm interested. How did you become this? Got to tell him that. And he said, I'm interested. How did you become part of the church? I said, because I got saved. Because I got born again. And you know what he did? He passed out. <laughs> Didn't hear another word from him. Maybe I shouldn't pray the Lord knocked him out. Amen. I, I prayed that. <laughs> Maybe God knocked him out. I don't know. But he stayed asleep. Until we got to Atlanta. Then he wanted another bottle of wine. I said, Lord, there you go. You can have them. Amen. 
It's the grace of God, amen. And Paul said, under him, belongs all power and glory because of the grace of God. His grace empowers us. His grace enlivens us. Paul said, according to the power that works in us. You see, it's not we that do the work. It's God working through us. And we must be willing vessels. That's what it's going to take. It's the grace of God that empowers us. It's the grace of God that enlivens us. Last of all tonight, Paul said, unto him, because there's a statement about God's glory in verse number 21. Unto him be glory. Unto him be glory. You see, Paul now ends his doxology by making a grand statement about the glory of God. Notice what Paul says here. Notice the place of his glory. He said, unto him be glory, what? In the church. Unto him be glory in the church. This phrase reminds us that the church exists for the sole purpose of bringing glory to Almighty God. Amen, my friend. Listen, this is not a social club. This is not a meet and greet session. This is where we come together and for one purpose and one purpose only. That's to worship Him that is altogether lovely and to bring glory and honor to Him that is King of Kings. Amen. He is glorified in the church because the church is made of sinners who have been saved by the grace of God. He loved you and I when we deserve to be cast into hell. And he reached out to us in love. He reached out to us in grace and drew us to himself. He saved us when we called on him by faith and he changed our lives. And now, as you and I live for him and honor his word, he receives glory from the church. How much glory is he receiving from victory away? As we love him and love one another, he's glorified. As we preach the gospel and gather for worship, he is glorified. As we sing and pray and work and serve in the church, he is glorified. The church is an organism that exists to bring glory to his name. And when we function together as one unit, as we should, that's exactly what we do because it's all unto him. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. I'll never forget, I was helping at the camp over here a few years ago, Mountain View, right? Mountain View Bible Camp. And the theme was, every time before we got ready to eat, I'll never forget it, quoted this verse of Scripture. Whether therefore you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Brother Hunter, we quoted that a lot, didn't we, that week? I think I quoted in my sleep. I can't remember. Amen. But it was quoted a lot. Unto him. Amen. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God because it all belongs to him anyway. It's not mine, it's not yours, but it's his. That's why I said a moment ago, this is not my ministry. God just called me into the ministry to work with him, not for him, but with him. What did Paul say? He called me faithful, putting me into the ministry. We see here the place of his glory. We see the person of his glory. Nowhere is God more glorified than in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And the him be glory in the, in the church by Christ Jesus. 
Jesus always has been and forever shall be His beloved Son in whom He is well pleased. And since God is glorified in His Son, you and I should be in the business of making much of Jesus. Amen? I heard somebody say a moment ago, I just want to thank God for being God. Last time I heard that statement, I think it was probably 25 years ago when I was a pastor in Mount Airy. A little young man about eight years old stood up and he said, we was having one of those testimony services. All he said was this, Brother Tony, just as innocent as he could be. Preacher, I just want to thank God for being God. That lit my fire, friend, I tell you. Uh, that, that set me on fire, it sure did. And the next thing we know, it broke out and we shouted the rest of the service. And we ought to thank God for being God tonight. Amen? Because it's unto Him, the person of His glory, it all belongs to Him. Then we see the uh, preeminence of His glory. The glory that God receives through the church and through His Son, Jesus Christ, is not a fleeting glory. Paul says that it will last throughout all ages, world without end. And then he says, Amen. That means I agree to that. That means to agree to. That phrase literally means unto all the generations of the ages of ages. God will receive glory from His church because of His Son. When the end of time comes and eternity flows into eternity, God still will get the glory. Hallelujah, hot dog and amen. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Him, amen. Unto Him one day. The Lord Jesus is going to come for His church. He's going to take His bride to heaven to live in the Father's house forever. And as the ages roll, amen, as eternity unfolds, uh, the church in heaven will continue to bring glory to God as we worship Him and exalt His good name forever and ever. And a glimpse of the amazing future of the church, you want to see about, about our future? Look at Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. You'll find, the, you'll find the church being raptured out of here. Amen? That's the last mentioned principle of the church in the book of Revelation until we get to chapter 19. Revelation chapter number 4. Word to God. I would to God tonight that we as God's dear children could grasp all that He is and all that He's done for us. If we did that, my friend, we would shout the house down. We would tear the walls down. We would be just like Joshua and Jericho. We'd shut them walls down. Hallelujah. We would. Well, let me say this tonight. We will never grasp the fullness of His glory and grace in this life. But thank God one of these days, one golden daybreak. Amen. One golden daybreak, however, our bodies and our minds are going to be glorified. And when that happens, we will understand Him, for we will know even as we are known. Amen. And then we will glorify Him throughout all the ages for His grace in our lives. Even though we can't grasp it all right now, it still does not hurt to glorify Him while we can concerning uh, what we do. So tonight, I say without apology, unto Him belongs all glory. Give Him the glory, church, because that is in the business of heaven, because it's all unto Him. It's all about Him. It's not about me, not about you, but it's all unto Him. As I close tonight, let me say this. That great classical composer by the name of Johannan Sebastian Bach. 
classical music composer. A lot of people don't like classical music because it makes your hair stand on end. I like it. That's why I'm bald-headed now, amen? I listen to some of them high-toned instruments from the classical music. I love it. I like it. Johannes Sebastian Bach, here's what he said about music. All music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Where this is not remembered, there is no real music but only a devilish hubbub. Quiet, isn't it? That's some deep words. Let me read it again. He said, we're talking about under him being all the glory. Johannes Sebastian Bach said, all music should have no other end and aim that the glory of God and the soul's refreshment where there is, where this is not remembered, there is no real music but only a devilish hubbub. At the top of every composition, Johannes Sebastian Bach, you re- look at his music, he wrote the initials J.J. Why did he do that? Well, those initials stand for Jesus Juva, J-U-V-A, I guess is how you say it. You know what that simply means? Jesus, help me. Bringing glory to God, Jesus, help me. Bach ended every composition with also these letters, S-D-G. Those letters stand for Sole de Gratia. Sole de Garcia. You know what that means? To God alone the praise. I believe Sebastian, Johannes Sebastian Bach was a child of God by faith. Yeah, he was a child of God by creation, but I believe he was a child of God by faith. Our music should glorify God, is what he said. He said, every composition, he wrote the words JJ, Jesus Juva, which means Jesus help me. Then he ended every composition with the letters SDG, Sole de Garcia, which means to God alone the praise. Bach had the glory of God at the heart of every piece that he authored. That same desire should dwell in the hearts of every one of us that are born again. That same desire, my friend, should be in the hearts of every born again child of God. This moment in time is as good as any for the church to get busy about bringing glory and honor and praise to Almighty God for all that He's done and all that He's going to do. And so tonight, let me say it without apology, unto Him be all the glory. And so as I close the service tonight, let me ask you, are you giving Him the glory? Are you giving Him the praise? Because it's all unto Him. Father, we love You. Thank You so much, my Lord, for loving us and taking care of us, Jesus. Thank You for the opportunity to stand behind Your sacred desk again and proclaim the Word of God. Because it's all about You, it's not about me. Lord, I pray that You'd help us to always remember unto You belongs all glory, all honor, and all praise. Help us, God, to praise You in the good times, praise You in the bad times. Help us, Lord, to praise you in the valley and praise you on the mountaintop. 
Help us, dear Lord, to praise you when there's heartaches and praise you when there's hilltops. God, I pray, Father, that you help us to always remember to just bring you glory and honor and praise and help us to practice down here for when we get over there because practice makes perfect. God of heaven, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for suffering and bleeding and dying on the old rugged cross. Thank you for getting up on that third day. And thank you, dear Holy Ghost, uh, for leading us and guiding us into all truth. And most of all, thank you for loving us. Thank you for putting up with us like you do. Lord, thank you so much for everything you've done. Unto you, O oh God, is all glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.